so happy to be back with all of you. It feels like it's been a while. For those of you who are at the kickoff event, I got to connect with some of you then, but it's fun to all be gathered together. Back in the same, back in this room, uh, the last time that I was at a gathering, I looked a little bit different. I was great with child, um, and uh, my daughter Emma was born uh, in April, so I have a picture to show you because she's adorable, and I'll take any chance I have to show her to everybody. <laughs> this is Emma Hope. She was born at the end of April, and she's five months old now, and she is a ton of fun. Um, my husband and I have been married for just a little over five years, and he and I both get to work at the church. His name is Sam. Uh, you might see him. He's involved with Alpha here at the church and community groups and young adults. He's kind of got his hand in a lot of things, but um, we are super grateful that we get to work here, and we love being parents to Emma, so I also know that she's very cute and distracting, so I won't keep her up there because you'll just all want to look at her instead of listen to me, so... Um, that's a little bit about me. Like Heidi said, I work here at the church with women's ministries, and it's just a privilege that I get to, to share with you tonight. And I wanted to start off tonight by, by talking about introducing our theme for the gathering for the whole year. Our team spent time praying over the summer about what God's heart was for the gathering this year, and asking God's heart for all of you, just really sitting with what God wanted to speak to all of you over the course of, the, of this ministry year. And we landed on this theme of becoming. So put that up there on the screen. And this idea that we are all becoming something, whether we are becoming more like Christ or not, we are all in the process of becoming. And we want to be women who are actively becoming more like Jesus, who are being discipled by Jesus. So our verse that is the driving force for this year that God laid on our hearts is Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. So for those of you who are at the kickoff event, you will have heard this before, but I'm going to share it again tonight to refresh your memory or for those of you who haven't heard it. Uh, but particularly in the message version is, uh, the message, is the version that stood out to us. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So our heart for all of you over this, this coming year, over this next year, is that together we would learn to walk with Jesus, that we would, we would walk with him and work with him and to watch how he does it, like this verse says, um, that we would be women who keep company with Jesus in our everyday lives. And that out of that, we would find incredible peace and joy and freedom. So each month, we're going to be talking about a different discipleship tool. As we are seeking to be women who are becoming like Jesus, we're going to look at a discipleship tool to help us with that. And um, this is something that, that helps us to become more like Jesus, to walk with him and to learn from him. 
And so to, to help provide a visual for all those tools, we actually have corresponding shapes for each month. And uh, these kind of just give us something tangible to hold on to, uh, to help us remember these concepts. So today, we're going to be using the circle to help us talk about noticing and responding to God in our everyday lives. That as we are becoming, becoming like Jesus, as we are being discipled by him, we want to be women who notice him and respond to him in our everyday lives. So I'm going to put the circle up on the screen, and I'm going to briefly talk you through this, and then we'll get more into talking about the heart behind this in a little bit. But we get the idea um, behind this circle from Mark chapter 1, verse 15, where it says, The time has come, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. So there are two words in the Greek that the original uh, New Testament was written in. There are two words for time. The first one is chronos, and this means ordinary time, chronological time, if that helps you remember it with chronos. So this is time as we know it. And uh, then there's a second word for time in Greek that's, that's Kairos, and kairos means a critical or opportune moment. So the, in this passage, in the Mark chapter 1, verse 15 passage, where it says the time has come, the word for time there is kairos. So the critical moment, the critical opportunity has come. So with this tool, what we are trying to do is take notice of what God might be presenting to us in our lives as opportunity. What is the kairos moment that God is giving us in our lives? This moment where God is giving us an opportunity to respond to him. So at the top, we have a straight line going across. And this straight line represents ordinary time. So time as we know it. We are going along our day. We're going along our life. And this is represented by this line here. That X in the middle represents a kairos moment when God is wanting to break through and speak to us in our lives. So we have a choice in that moment when God wants to, to break through into our lives we have a choice. We can either continue straight along this line and not stop, not take notice of it. We can have this opportunity and not take the opportunity, or we can stop and we can notice that moment and, and seize it as an opportunity. And so below that X, we have a circle and this is what we want to be talking about. Um, this is a, a tool that helps us um, notice those moments and respond to God. So this is called the learning circle. And we can start over on the right with observation. When God is breaking through into our lives, we, the first thing we stop and do is observe. What, what, am, what am I noticing? What is it that's standing out to me? Um, what is it that uh, is grabbing my attention? And then as we move on, we go into reflection. Why did this grab my attention? Why am I feeling this way? Why was that a significant moment or feeling or thought that I had? 
And then as we take time to reflect, we can then discuss. This is really helpful to, to bring other people into our lives and to talk about this. I believe that we are not meant to do life alone. And I think all of you believe that too, because you're here and you're gathering with other women. And so as we notice God breaking into our lives, as we take time to reflect on those things, we bring other people into it. We talk with them. We ask them, what, what do you think God might be saying? Or, or, or we have them listen to God on our behalf. It can be so helpful to bring other people into discussion in this. And then as we, as we, move from discussion, we get to this bottom of the circle where we stop and we listen. And this is such a significant point. This is, this is how we stop and become like Jesus, when we actually take the time and listen to what God might be saying. And it's important that at this point, what we are listening for is something that God might be wanting to tell us about himself or about myself. What God is saying to, to you about himself or about yourself. I think that as a, as a culture, we are so quick to want to listen and hear from God. What do I need to do? What do I need to fix? How do I need to change? What do I need to do for other people? But at, but at this point, what we are listening for is what is God saying to me about himself or about myself? God loves to speak to us about these things. These are the foundational truths that we need to be reminded of day in and day out. And then when we're able to discern what God is saying to us, we move on and we make a plan. How can I put this into action? How can I actually become like Christ? And this isn't something that we we just are adding to our to-do list that we say, this is another thing I need to check off. But this is, how can I lean into this truth that God is speaking to me? How can, I, how can I receive this truth about myself? How can I receive this truth about God? And then we can bring others into it with accountability. We, ask, we tell others what we're going to do, and then we actually do it. We act. We act on what God has said to us. We respond to him in our lives. And this verse in Mark, uh, chapter 1, verse 15, it says, repent and believe. So over here on the right, we have observe, reflect, and discuss. And this, this is the repentance side. Often when we hear the word repentance, I think we, we think about shame, this, this thing that we've done wrong that we need to repent of. And that's part of it. But also repentance means turning our hearts towards God. So in this half of the circle, as we observe, reflect, and discuss, we are turning our hearts toward God. We are, we are taking a moment in our day to stop and to turn ourselves towards God. And then as we make a plan, as we find accountability, and as we act that out, we are choosing to actually believe and lean into these truths that God has said. We become disciples of Jesus. So another way to look at this would be, uh, on this half with repentance, we are, we are listening, we are noticing, and then we are believing, we are responding. We are, we are acting out what God has spoken to us. 
So that is a very brief overview of this tool, and we'll talk more a little bit more about it later. But I, I want to dive deeper into this breakthrough moment, this moment as we're going on in our ordinary lives, in our, in our ordinary time, this breakthrough moment when God wants to break through into our lives and speak to us, because I believe that God does long to speak to us in our ordinary lives. So when I think about God getting my attention and speaking to me, my mind can often go to church services or to conferences, times when I have set aside space to meet with God and to hear from him, or when I'm in this kind of mountaintop experience where I have this designated time to this is where I come to hear from God. And I believe that God speaks to us in those times, uh, but we can often hold off on listening to God until we get into those spaces, uh, whether it's waiting for church or for women's retreat to come around, or even until we're listening to a podcast, we look to external sources to hear from God, and often we look for these big experiences. But what if God is speaking to us what if he's speaking to us every day in the ordinary moments of our day? When, what if he's speaking to us when we are making the bed or brushing our teeth or doing the dishes as we're cleaning poop off the wall that our daughter has very skillfully gotten there? I'll let you be the judge if I'm speaking from experience with that or not. Um, but I, uh, I want to look at... Um, I want to look at this story through uh, the story of Gideon. And um, this seems like maybe a bit of an obscure story. Maybe some of you know Gideon, the story of Gideon. Maybe you don't. Uh, but some background on the story of Gideon is that Gideon is an Israelite. And the Israelites are the people of God. These are the people that God has set, us, set apart to be his own, to love him, to serve him, to worship him. And he had given them land that was their own. God had brought them out of slavery in Egypt. He had given them this land that he promised to them, that they would be his people, they would dwell in this land. And he had, God had provided for them over and over again to bring them to this place. Despite all of that, uh, the Israelites disobeyed God, which is basically the story of the Old Testament. You, you'll see as you read it. Um, the Israelites disobeyed God and they were worshiping other gods. They had idols. They were not serving God as their own one and only God. And so they weren't in a good place. Israel is not in a good place. They were in their own land. But because of their disobedience, God had allowed them to be oppressed. And so uh, they were being oppressed by another people group called the Midianites. So even though the Israelites are in their own land, the Midianites are coming in and are making it really horrible for them, essentially. They, uh, whenever the Israelites planted crops, the Midianites would come and destroy their crops so that they had no food to eat. Um, they would come and they would destroy their food. They would take their cattle. So Israel is essentially in poverty at this point. And so Gideon is an Israelite in this time. He is being oppressed by the Midianites. His food is being taken from him. He has no cattle. He has, he has to basically fight for his survival. So my guess is that he probably feels pretty far off from God. 
aside from worshiping idols, he's also experiencing this oppression. And he probably feels really disconnected from God. Uh, he's discouraged and probably really tired. And the, uh, he's been facing oppression. And so that's the stage for this passage that we're going to read. And I'm going to read out of Judges 6. I'll put that up on the screen here. It says, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abezerite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and will strike down the Midianites, leaving none alive. So I share this story because I think we can relate with Gideon, maybe not being oppressed by a whole people group and having our food taken from us, uh, but Gideon is not in a good place in life. He feels very far away from God. Uh, he's hiding in this passage. He's trying to keep his food away from the Midianites, these people who are trying to take it from him. And he's discouraged. He's in the middle of this very mundane, unglamorous task. It says Gideon was threshing wheat when the angel of the Lord came to him. And God chooses this time to come and to meet with Gideon to come and to speak to him. God chose to come to him in the midst of, this, of his ordinary life, and it was there that he, he chose to grab his attention. And I think that this is often how God chooses to work, how he often chooses to speak to us. Um, if you look at stories in the Bible, it's often in the normal, everyday moments of people's lives where God chooses to come and to speak to them and to call them and to break through in their lives. I was looking at this and just looking at different stories. Moses was feeding his father's sheep when God spoke to him out of a burning bush. Jesus' first disciples were working on their fishing nets or collecting taxes when Jesus called them and, and told them to follow and asked him to follow them, follow, asked them to follow him. Uh, the Samaritan woman was collecting water from the well when Jesus came and met with her. All of these people had significant encounters with God, and all of them happened when they were just in the midst of their everyday ordinary tasks. And I bring this up because I think this is still how God works today. Maybe God comes to us in the ordinary moments of our lives so that he gets us exactly as we are. We haven't set aside our worries or our stresses or our agendas or our fears like we're more prone to do when we go to church services or conferences um, 
it can be easy to set aside those things when we, we go to a set-aside space like that. But when God comes and meets with us in our everyday, ordinary lives, he gets us exactly as we are. This is how God comes to us. We haven't dressed ourselves up. We haven't made ourselves look pretty. We might be standing at the kitchen sink, washing dishes in, the, in our pajamas with unbrushed teeth. <laughs> and this is where... God comes and wants to speak to us. It's, it's in those moments that God comes to us exactly as we are. We haven't put up any filters. It's just us. And that's where God longs to meet us and to speak to us. It was as Gideon was, was threshing wheat, this ordinary task that God chose to come to him to remind Gideon of his identity as one of God's chosen people, that maybe Gideon had forgotten that as he had gotten so wrapped up in trying to, uh, trying to have food and save his food from the Midianites and had, he had forgotten as his people had, had turned towards idols. But it was in this ordinary moment that God chose to remind Gideon who he was and to remind Gideon who God is, that he is with Gideon. He came and told Gideon, I am with you, mighty warrior. Those were his first words to Gideon. God wanted to remind Gideon of this simple truth about himself, that he is near, that Gideon belongs to God. God wants us to know that he is near, that he is speaking to us. In our everyday, ordinary lives, God is here. And what if we were people who allowed ourselves to be interrupted by God? Who didn't busy ourselves so much uh, that we're unable to stop when God is trying to break through? That we could allow ourselves to stop and let God circle us through what he might be wanting to speak to us or tell us about himself or about ourselves. And then as we do that, we would actually respond to God, actually allow ourselves to be changed by him, to be discipled by him and become like him. So I want to take a little bit of time to talk about this at our tables. I'm going to put some questions up on the screen for our table talk. The first one is what keeps you from noticing God in your everyday life? Maybe it's something that comes to you right off the bat. For me, as I think about that, I think about it's, it's busyness for me. And it's, it's the, the constant availability of distractions. Maybe it's something different for you. Maybe it's similar. But talk about that at your tables. What are some things that keep you from noticing God in your everyday lives? And then the second question, has there been a time when God has spoken to you in an ordinary moment? And if so, what was that like? Share a story about a, a moment when God spoke to you in a time maybe when you didn't expect him to. That was just an ordinary time. So take some time, talk about that at your tables, and then we will come back and uh, talk about this a little bit more. Thanks, ladies, for engaging in those, in those questions. I know there's probably more talking that could be done around the tables, and uh, I love to see you all diving into this together. But uh, if you want to keep talking with each other, I think there's a lot of value in, in continuing this discussion. This is a significant topic, and um, I love to see you guys engaging with one another on it. So maybe you are listening to this, and you're thinking, 
that you would love to notice God in your everyday life, um, but you're not sure what that looks like. For Gideon, uh, Gideon got visited by an angel of the Lord, and uh, that's not the experience for many of us. We don't get visited by angels of the Lord every day. And the question is, how do you know if it's God? And Gideon didn't. If you look at the verse, uh, he, even though he was visited by an angel, he responded with sarcasm and said, uh, what did he say? He said, uh, God, he said, please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? And where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about? God says that he is with Gideon. And he said, if you're with me, why, why has all this happened? If God is with me, why has all this happened? So Gideon didn't believe that God would actually be speaking to him, that God would actually be a part of his everyday life. And you might not believe that God is actually speaking to you, but he is. <laughs> He is speaking to you. He's closer than you know, and he loves to speak to you. God is a part of our everyday lives. And it's okay if you don't know what God is saying to you. That's actually the whole illustration with the circle that we talked about. We don't, we don't always know what God is saying right away. We might just know what we're feeling. We might just know uh, something is standing out to us. Maybe we're washing the dishes and we recognize that we feel really anxious about something. Or maybe somebody said something to you and that hurt you and you're not totally sure why it hurt you. Or something that you read in a book is standing out to you. There's so many different things that, that God could be using to grab our attention. Ordinary things like they were for Gideon or for Moses or for the first disciples or for the Samaritan women. So what we do is we start with noticing. We start with noticing something that is standing out to us. Noticing what we're feeling, the things that we're thinking about that we can't get out of our head. We take a moment and we explore what God might want to say to us in that. And so ask yourself some questions. Start with observing. Start with observing what you're thinking, what you're feeling. For some of us, we're not even aware of what we're thinking and feeling. And it takes some time to actually stop and feel like, okay, I think I actually feel anxious about this. Or I think I feel stressed. Um, I know that for, some, for me, sometimes I, I can feel this tension. And I, I don't even, I'm not even aware of it until I stop and actually, and actually call it what it is. I'm, oh, I'm feeling tense right now. I'm feeling stressed right now. So start by observing and then take some time to reflect on what you're observing. Why is this bothering me? Why did that frustrate me or make me sad or make me happy? Why was that stressing me out? And then take some time to discuss it. Maybe bring a friend or a close family member into, into the what you're noticing, what you're reflecting on. Or maybe for you, this discussion actually looks like journaling. Uh, for me, sometimes I'm not a verbal processor. I'm an internal processor. And to discuss, uh, I really actually need to kind of discuss it with myself a little bit at first before I can even discuss it with somebody else. And so maybe for you, it looks like taking some time to journal and write out what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're noticing. But ask God at this point, what might God be saying to me in this? What is God's invitation in this? And then listen. Take time to listen what God might want to say to you. Don't rush past this point. We're so good at, 
at continuing on in our, our everyday ordinary life, in, our, in this linear line. We just keep going and going and going. But take time to listen. This, this moment, this Kairos moment, this, this moment of opportunity is the start of becoming like Jesus, of allowing ourselves to be discipled by him. Notice those moments where God is wanting to break through into your everyday, ordinary life and speak to you. And remember to listen at this point for what God is saying about himself or about yourself. He loves to tell you these things. He loves to remind us of who he is and who we are. And out of that place, then make a plan. Make a plan for how you can remember this truth that God is saying to you. How can I take this truth and allow it to shape me and mold me into becoming more like Jesus, into becoming a disciple of Jesus? And then find accountability. Find a a friend or a family member and then do it. Respond to God. Notice God and respond to him. I truly, truly believe that God is wanting to speak to us in our everyday, ordinary lives. And as we seek to be women who are becoming more like Jesus, let's notice those moments. Let's unhurry ourselves to notice them. To listen for what God might want to tell us and then respond to it. To live in the truth that he's speaking to us. Take time, whether it's today or, to, or tomorrow, um, but, but don't let too much time pass before stopping and asking God, what, what are you bringing to my attention? What are you using to grab my attention today? And then give some time to think about it, to, to walk through this circle, to observe, reflect, discuss, listen, make a plan, find accountability, and act. Take some time to actually notice what God might be breaking through into your life with grabbing your attention with. I want to pray for us as we go, but um, just encourage you to, um, to, yeah, not let too much time pass um, before you, you bring attention to what you're feeling, what is standing out to you in your life. Um, as as Ali was leading us in worship tonight, the first song, it says, uh, one of the lyrics was, let us become more aware of your presence. And as she was singing it, I just felt God say in my heart, that's, that's my heart for these women, to, to let us become more aware of his presence. He is with us, and he's longing for us to be aware of his presence here with us in our everyday, ordinary lives. So I'm gonna pray for us. And, um, yeah, be blessed as you go. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to be together again. Uh, This is such a sacred place where we get to gather as women and seek you together. I thank you that you're here with us right now, that you are speaking to us even now, that you are using conversations that we've had around our tables, you're using um, interactions that we've had with friends today or um, maybe something that happened at work. You're, you're using those things to grab our attention. May we be aware of your presence and maybe we be women who 
allow ourselves to be interrupted, to allow ourselves to notice you and to stop and to hear your voice. I bless these women with ears to hear, with eyes to see you. Thank you for them. Bless them as they go. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys. Have a good rest of your evening and a good rest of your week.